God be the glory indeed. Thank you, musicians. Thank you so very much. I think you would appreciate knowing that next Sunday morning at the 11 o'clock service, we have the privilege of having our district superintendent bring the message. Reverend Steve Otley and his wife will be here. Uh, many of you will remember, remember him as our youth minister back in the 90s, and many of you will remember the wonderful revival services we had with Pastor Steve just a few years ago. Amen? Well, let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Peter for the message, 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter. As you're turning there, I want to tell you a particular story here. The owner of a photographic studio tells the story of a college young man who came in with a framed picture. He showed up with a framed picture of his girlfriend. He wanted the picture duplicated. While removing the photograph from the frame, the studio owner noticed the inscription on the back written by the girlfriend. Here's what the inscription said. My dearest Tommy, I love you. I love you with all my heart. I love you more and more each day. I will love you forever and ever. I am yours for eternity. Signed, Diane. P.S. If we should ever break up, I want this picture back. The good news, my friends, is that the Lord loves you and me forever and ever, and he wants you, he wants me, he wants us to persevere in our faith. And that is our theme today as we continue in our series from 1 Peter chapter 1, where we read, beginning simply at verse 6 and 7. Verse 6, so be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Well, my friends, on this theme of persevering in your faith, I want you to think first of all with me on this initial truth. Number one, be aware that you and I will go through many trials, troubles, and tough times. It tells us this in the latter part of verse 6 where it says, so be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though, even though you must endure many trials for a while. And then later, later in this letter, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, we, we read these words. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through 
as if something strange were happening to you. Isn't that interesting? Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. There are several places, actually, in 1 Peter where we are told that Christians will experience trials, troubles, and tough times. I've just read a couple of them here. The Christians to whom Peter was writing in the first century no doubt faced many of the same challenges that you and I have faced over the years, such as having enough money to pay all our bills, having enough money to pay rent or mortgage, struggles uh, or struggling with various health problems, dealing with difficult family members, difficult co-workers, coping with the death of a loved one, and many other challenges that we and they faced as well. On top, on top of struggling with those regular trials, troubles, and tough times, many of the Christians in the first century, unfortunately, also faced severe persecution. Sadly, many were tortured and, and killed. Why were the Christians the target of persecution? I mentioned briefly some of the reasons in a previous message, and, and briefly, here are some of those main reasons. The Roman Empire, or the Roman Emperor especially, wanted people to worship the Emperor as a god. Well, Christians refused to worship the, the, the Emperor as a god, and so they were looked upon as atheists and traitors and, and people who just wouldn't cooperate, and so that was one of the reasons the Christians were persecuted. Also, on July 19, in the year 64, a terrible fire uh, broke out in Rome, which burned for three days and nearly wiped out the whole city. Many people lost their homes, belongings, and businesses. And most people, most people knew that the fire was started by, by, uh, on account of Nero's orders to some of his people. And they, and they blamed, they blamed and they knew that Nero, the emperor, was responsible for the terrible fire that nearly destroyed all of Rome. Well, Nero, Nero was uh, looking for an excuse to rebuild Rome into a more glorious city, and so he had thought that one of the ways of getting this done is, you know, do away with the old and we'll build something more beautiful. When Nero, however, saw how angry, how bitter the people became, the people in Rome, how bitter they became towards him, Nero had to direct suspicion from himself. Uh, a scapegoat had to be found, and the Christians were made the scapegoat even though they had nothing to do with the fire. By the way, do you ever blame someone for something they never did? In addition to all of this, Christians refused to worship at pagan temples, so business for the money-making enterprises dropped, dropped wherever Christianity spread. And people who operated the pagan temples became angry with Christians because they lost business on account of those crazy Christians, as they would say. Uh, Dr. William Barclay says, First Peter was written to meet 
no theological heresy. It was written to strengthen men and women in jeopardy of their lives. It was written to strengthen men and women in jeopardy of their lives. Recently when I was driving home one evening from church, I was listening to the Christian program Focus on the Family on the radio. That evening they were playing a message which Kay Warren had presented at a women's conference. Most of you would not know her, but Kay Warren is the wife of Pastor Rick Warren who leads Saddleback Church in California, one of the largest North American churches with weekend attendances of 22,000 people. Pastor Rick and Kay had a son who sadly, unfortunately, struggled with mental illness since he was a child. Sometimes if you listen to Pastor Rick or to Kay, you'll, you'll hear more of the story. But uh, in, in Kay Warren's message, in, in this message that I was listening to uh, over the radio, she talked, she talked about how throughout his life, the, um, the Warren family and many others prayed fervently for their son's health. And she talked about how they had taken him to the best doctors and the best hospitals in the country. In 2013, however, their wonderful young adult son committed suicide. In Kay's message, she said that since their son's tragic death, many people have asked her how she has coped with their son's death and how she has been able to live on. Kay said something very important in that message, and here's what she said. Now, because I was driving, I wasn't able to write everything down word for word, but in essence, she, she said this. She said, in North America, Christians tend to think that if you are a Christian, everything will go beautifully in your life. Then Kay went on to say this. She said, my husband and I have learned that no matter who we are, we will have troubles and heartbreaks. We will have troubles and heartbreaks. And she spoke of how we have to accept that reality. Jesus said, and it's recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 33, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. Now this truth can obviously be very, very discouraging, except that when, when we remind us, ourselves of this truth, it helps us to not be surprised to not be surprised every time we go through some hardship, through some difficulty, through a tough time. Does that make sense? Right? One day a fireman, a fireman was telling a, a kindergarten class what to do in case of a fire. The fireman said, first, go to the door and feel the door to see if it's hot. Then he said, Fall to your knees. Does anyone know? Does anyone know why you ought to fall to your knees? And one of the little boys said, 
sure to start praying to ask God to get us out of this mess. <laughs> we should always pray, but sometimes we have to persevere through the mess. Right? Amen. Let me take you to this second truth. It is this. Read it out loud with me from the big screen. Be encouraged and inspired to persevere in your faith through your trials, troubles, and tough times. Verses 6 and 7 of 1 Peter help us to be encouraged and to persevere. Look at these verses once again. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests, as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Now I want you to think of what we just read again, and here are some truths that can help you, that can help us to persevere. For those of you making notes, this, this would be A. All right? There is the wonderful joy of heaven to look forward to. There is the wonderful joy of heaven to look forward to. The first part of verse 6 says, So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead. Uh, when we read verses 4 and 5, leading up to verse 6, we see that he is referring to joy in heaven. That's what he's talking about. When you are going through a tough time and you feel like giving up on your faith or giving up on life, remember there's the wonderful joy of heaven to look forward to. Amen? I love the words of the hymn, what a day that will be. It's been a long time since we've sung this, this hymn. George and Ruth, would you come and, and lead us? The words are just beautiful. They say, there is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. Let's stand and sing it with George, shall we? Let's stand. face, the one who saved me by his grace. 
sorrow there. No more burdens to bear. No more sickness, no pain. No more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. Isn't that beautiful truth summed up in that hymn? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Let's continue on to uh, another truth that we need to remember in persevering. Let us remember. This will be point B. Any of you making notes? Usually, the trial is for a period of time and is not forever, okay? Verse six says, first part of, or last second part of verse six says, you must endure many trials for a little while, for a little while. Some of your Bible translations might put it a little bit differently. Now obviously, a little while can really vary in time. It varies in time. You know that and, and I know that. Nevertheless, I like, I like what Dr. W.T. Perkheiser says in his commentary. He says this. He says, our trials are not here to stay. They soon pass away. The sky clears. The clouds are rolled back. The sun shines again. Amen? Some years ago, I had kidney stones some of you might remember that episode. I had these kidney stones which were very excruciating. When the ambulance was taking me to the hospital, one of the ambulance attendants said to me something like this. He said, sir, now you know what women go through when they are delivering a baby. I was not comforted by these thoughts, by the way. He, he said, he said, your pain level is the kind of pain most women have when giving birth. And, <laughs> amen. <laughs> so speaks a woman who knows. <laughs> All right. Even, even when I was in the hospital emergency department, the pain was so intense, I could hardly breathe until the morphine painkiller kicked in. And one of the things that kept, that kept me going was, this too shall pass. <laughs> this too shall pass. My friends, sometimes it will help you say to yourself, this too shall pass. Uh, and I think only my wife kind of gets the full, 
impact of that statement. <laughs> All right. Here's another way you can be encouraged and inspired to persevere. This is point C. Know that your faith will get stronger because of your trials. This is what verse 7, the first part, says. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. Listen to what Dr. William Barclay says about this, very beautifully stated. He says, before gold is pure, it has to be tested in the fire. The trials which come to a person test his or her faith, and out of them that faith can emerge stronger than ever it was before. He goes on. The rigors which the athlete has to undergo are not meant to make him collapse, but to make him able to develop more strength and staying power. In this world, trials are not meant to take the strength out of us, but to put the strength into us. Did you get that? In this world, trials are not meant to take the strength out of us, but to put the strength into us. David in the Old Testament talks about how his faith got stronger as a result of his suffering. In Psalm 119, verse 71, David says this. He says, my suffering, my suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. It taught me to pay attention to your, that is to God's decrees. Amen? Here's another point of inspiration to help us. Point D. Look forward to receiving praise, glory, and honor when Jesus appears. The latter part of verse 7 teaches us this, where it says, so, why don't you read it out loud with me from, from the big screen. So, when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Ravens, so very much for doing such a wonderful job of putting my slides up and, and making the slides. Thank you, Raven. Amen. Look forward to receiving praise, glory, and honor when Jesus appears. And here is one more fact which I, I, I want to add here, which I heard while driving and listening to a message by Dr. Chuck Swindoll. Hopefully some of you have heard him on the radio over the years. This is point E. He said, hurting people, hurting people get perspective that those who have not been hurt lack. Think about it for a moment. Hurting people get perspective that those who have not been hurt 
life. How true that is. And so, my friends, on this theme of persevering in your faith, number one, be aware that you and I will go through trials, troubles, and tough times. Be aware and be prepared for it. And secondly, be encouraged and inspired to persevere in your faith through your trials, troubles, and tough times. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this part of your Holy Bible that gives us some insight as to how we can persevere in our faith through the various challenges and heartaches and heartbreaks and sorrows and suffering that, that we experience. And Lord, I pray, I pray for the different men and women, young people and children who are listening today that indeed are going through some hardship, some trial, some pain, for various reasons. And I pray that you will use this scripture and you will use whatever else you wish to help each dear person persevere in their faith, to persevere in life, to move forward, and to believe that with the Lord, tomorrow there will be sunshine. Tomorrow the sun will rise again. And there is renewed hope. There is renewed help from the Lord. Comfort and help each one as we persevere in this journey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My dear friends, it is our privilege today to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. As you have persevered in your faith, your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, I invite you now to celebrate that faith by participating in the Lord's Supper. The Lord himself ordained this holy sacrament. He commanded his disciples to partake of the bread and drink emblems of his broken body and shed blood. This is his table. The feast is for his disciples. Let all those who have with true repentance forsaken their sins and have believed in Christ unto salvation draw near and take these emblems and by faith partake of the life of Jesus Christ to your soul's comfort and joy. Let us remember that it is the memorial of the death and passion of our Lord, also a token of his coming again. Let us not forget that we are one, at one table with the Lord. You do not have to be a specific member of this local church or a member in the Church of the Nazarene to participate in communion. If you're trusting in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, then we invite you we invite you to share in the Lord's Supper with us. As the communion plates are passed, we invite you to take a cup and you're invited to either take a cup 
that is sealed. Some of them on the plate are sealed. And you can peel back the cellophane to access the bread and the drink. Or if you prefer, you can take a cup that is not sealed and take the bread from the center.
Let us pray. Father, indeed, as we partake in these sacraments for the bread and the cup, Lord, we're reminded of the sacrifice that you made many years ago on that cross. And Father, we don't take that sacrifice lightly, for indeed, we'll never truly understand how much that cost you. But we thank you that your body was broken and your blood was shed so that we could be forgiven of our sins. And so, Lord, we thank you for the forgiveness that we find in you. We thank you for the peace and the hope, for the gift of eternal life, for the adoption in your family, for all that we find in you. And so, Lord, as we partake, may you search us, O God, and know our hearts. May you test us and see our anxious thoughts. And if there's anything in us that shouldn't be, Lord, we pray that you would forgive Forgive us of it and that you would cleanse us, oh God, and make us white as snow. And so, Father, we thank you for this time and we pray that you would bless this time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we hold the bread in our hand, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is broken for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for you, and be thankful. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. As we sing this closing song, if you wish to come to spend some moments in prayer at the altar, you come. Come kneeling or standing, however you wish. Perhaps you want to you pray about some need in, in your life. Perhaps you want to talk to the Lord about the scripture that we studied today. Whatever you wish, come and say, Lord, I want to commune with you. I want to talk, talk, and pray, dear God. Amen? And after we close in prayer, when you go out the door there, you can go to the desk and get your, your ticket for, for the um, Christmas banquet. Tickets are available out in the foyer there. I encourage you to begin to get your tickets. Amen? Let's stand, shall we? Jesus.
This is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as gold. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Oh, precious, oh, precious, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as gold no other fount I know nothing but the blood of Jesus oh precious is the flow that makes me white as gold no other fount I know nothing but Blood of Jesus. Dear God, thank you so much for your blood. Thank you for your blood shed on the cross that was able to save us, God. Thank you because even like a wretch like me, that even through all the struggles, through all the sins of my life, through all the bad choices that I have made, you were the one that you died on the cross for me because you so much love the world that you gave your only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. And whoever believes in you shall not perish, but will have everlasting, eternal life. So thank God for your cross. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for reaching each one of us. And thank you for this wonderful morning in your presence. May we go out of here and we carry out your peace that transcends all understanding. May we bring to this world this love that is so vast, it is so high, deep, wide. The love of Jesus Christ. And may we also, God, bring your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Not through our power, but the, through the power of Jesus Christ through the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross, and through the power and the authority that you have given us, may we live for you alone, God. Thank you for what you have done. And we ask you, please bless us through our Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. May every single day we find in you the joy of the world, the only joy of our lives. And may we live to shine your lights out there to this world, God. And no wise they have seen, no ways they have heard what you will do through your church that evokes your name, that shouts out and cries out for your name. The name of Jesus Christ. The name that is above all name. 
In your name we pray. In your name we worship and praise you. In the name of Jesus Christ. And may you say amen. amen. God bless you very much. May you have a wonderful Sunday. Don't leave this place without saying goodbye and hugging at least 15 people. God bless you a lot. Have a wonderful lunch. Wonderful time with your family. God bless you.